0: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable unto you, O Lord, our strength and redeemer. Amen. Amen. Early on, I remembered studying history in high school and reviewing these great things that have occurred in the history of our nation And the interesting part this morning is, as we celebrate Dr. Martin Luther King, it's a part of history that I actually lived, witnessed, changed my mind a number of times, was very confused, very frustrated, but a history nonetheless that changed my life. You see, I grew up in a small town outside of Western New York, and called Clarence. It was a white community. It was a separatist community, not of any distinction or any design, but rather by choice. My father served in World War II, had some very strong opinions, having faced people in war, and my brother and I occasionally would call him Archie Bunker, for he sometimes would say things that seemed to be totally out of sync with who we knew him to be, and yet they seemed to be his go-to statements. Well, having had that experience, going to college was an eye-opener for me. I went to a small college in Cleveland, Ohio, called Baldwin Wallace College. While there, I did the unthinkable. I joined a fraternity. I was not one who joined much in high school. My father, as a matter of fact, informed me that the jacket clubs in high school are simply a way of narrowing down your focus. That from my Archie Bunker dad. So when I was challenged to join a fraternity, my big brother Joe Carter was the one that talked to me and said, I challenge you to join this fraternity because it's something very different And I said, what do you mean? He said, good God, look at me, I'm black, and I'm in a fraternity. Can't you understand that this is the only integrated fraternity that exists by bylaw and charter? Well, I joined the fraternity, and it was interesting with the blacks brothers that I had. One was a warlord from East Cleveland, Another one was in a gang in the other side of Cleveland. Another one was from Nigeria. My big brother, actually his father and mother, were upper class and he seemed to think that those blacks from the ghetto were a problem. What I found was that the black community that I began to know and share with were as diverse and as varied in their opinions as I was in my own community. And I remember when Martin Luther King came about, there were some that were black in our fraternity that thought he was sort of a milk toast, not taking things too seriously. Malcolm X had a better approach. So there was diversity even in the point of view of what Dr. Martin Luther King represented to them as peers, as blacks. The interesting part to me though was as I grew and worked and understood my brothers, I found that their diversity and their openness to thinking and opinions opened my mind to the fact that all of us literally we were very, very, very similar. I played football with Bob Woodall, who looked like a gorilla, and preferred that because it scared people. And on the football field, that's something you can always use. And Bobby and I would go head to head about a number of issues and comments, and I never could understand why he would take issue with me when I thought I was quite liberal. And he said, but you're playing at it. You're not being who you are. Let's talk turkey. And I remember over and over again, our conversations began to peel back some of the resistance, some of the differences of opinion that I had from parents and family and culture. To dealing with an individual who is willing to face me and be in front of me and argue to the teeth and yet accept me as a friend. It's sort of rare in our culture today as I look around because now we have politicians who like sound bites, can say anything they want and not have to be truthful. There's all of this anger and hostility and hatred that's very problematic. And I find it difficult because even in a situation which scared me to death at times, I found a sense of safety and comfort in the fact of our diversity. We had Jews and blacks in our fraternity that opened doors to an understanding of life that I never would have had, had I not joined and accepted the challenge to join that fraternity. The interesting part to me is as Dr. Martin Luther King talked and as he experienced life, when we talk about the Corinthians passage, about one spirit and the gifts given to all of us, Dr. Martin Luther King, in in the one verse following the passage from today, it says, for just as the, one, the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that are one body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. Martin Luther King lived this. Paul wrote about it. And Martin Luther King died as a cause of his willingness to persevere and accept that all people are one in the spirit. His tradition and history comes to us in a way that was meant to cut all barriers down, to heal grievances and separation. Now remember his second march in Selma, Margie Brown, a friend of mine, a clown by reputation, she actually taught me how to eat fire. She happened to be wandering around the country and found herself in this park in Selma, Alabama, which was the organizing place for the Ku Klux Klan. Now, Margie was a very interesting person in me because she would sit down in the middle of the park and pull out balloons and other things and all of a sudden, the children would come over and play with Margie. And it got to the point where she'd tell them stories, and they would laugh, and they'd sing songs. And their parents came from their meetings and pulled the children away because they were laughing and enjoying themselves. They were not caught in, this, in the horrible hatredness expressed by this particular group. She had cut through a barrier through laughter to allow them to have a sense of playfulness as the children they were. And yet their parents could not deal with the fact that they could laugh and play at a time like that. It's really discouraging to me when we look at our culture and realize that we inhibit people from playfulness, from cheerfulness, which allows us to have a better oneness. Martin Luther King was serious, focused, committed, determined that all should be one. At the national gathering, when he shared his story, I have a dream, He talked about people coming from all walks of life and sitting at the same table because they were all God's children enjoying the banquet. Jesus goes to the banquet, the wedding of Cana of Galilee, and they're out of wine. Maybe a problem because they lost the ability to be a little more tipsy and humorous and fun. And the interesting part to me is he takes the jugs which were meant for purification, uses the water and turns it into wine, changing the rite of purification into a rite of celebration and blessing. It was the same tenor that Martin Luther King addressed the banquet table in I Have a Dream a place where the barriers were literally broken down, that we begin to see one another as Christians first, regardless of our differences. I still have very strong opinions. I still have very strong likes and dislikes. But I realize more and more that as I get caught in those, I separate myself from others, which in fact, does not allow me to grow in Christ and in Christ's love. At the memorial for Dr. Martin Luther King, there is written these words. Hatred paralyzes life. Love releases life. Hatred Confuses life. Love harmonizes life. Hatred darkens life. Love illuminates life. As Christians, as followers of Christ, recognizing Martin Luther King's call to all of us To be fellow Christians, we need to understand that it is when we can transfer our hatred, our separations, our alonenesses into genuine love from God and Christ, that we become transformed in allowing those in our own lives and around us the opportunity to grow And become followers of Christ. May we in the spirit of Dr. Martin Luther King. Open our hearts and our minds and knowledge. To be lovers in Christ. One body. One spirit. In God's call to us. Amen.